0: What's going on everybody? and welcome back to the 50th and final episode of Terminator 101. Today, I am being joined by the one and only, Michael Bean. Yes, that is right. You heard me right. For the 50th and final episode of Terminator 101, I cannot be more thrilled to share with you my one-on-one that I have been holding on to for four months. Exact. Four months. Four months ago, I reached out, um, actually longer, believe it or not, believe it or not, I think it was maybe half a year, maybe half a year ago, uh, six months, I reached out to Michael's wife, Jennifer, because she is much more active on social media. Michael is not on social media, as you'll come to hear in the podcast episode. Reached out to his wife, Jennifer, and you know, proposed the idea of seeing if Michael would like to come on the podcast. After a, you know, a little while, she got back to me, and uh, it took a little planning. It took a little pre-production, as you might say. But exactly four months ago, I sat down, not face-to-face, but connection-to-connection, and talked to Michael Bean for well over an hour he was so generous with his time talking about familiar stories but then of course i of course like to talk about things that i i have not heard personally asked to him so we go in those directions as well so there's some familiar things here and then there's some unfamiliar things here stuff you may or may not have heard previously I'm just really happy and thrilled that for the 50th and final episode of the first phase of the podcast, the podcast is not going anywhere. But for the first phase, the 50th episode, what a way to go out, right? I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or anything, but man, that, you know that's why I've been holding on to this. It could have been easy to just release it instantly, but I knew that I needed for for my finale. I needed something truly special, and I think this is it. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy Michael Bean. Now, before we go any further, I just really quickly want to shout out my Patreon members over at patreon.com slash t101podcast. Lucas Grudzian, Engelbert Sebastian, Ruben Dobson, Danny Pirate, Ami Prasad, T-Bob Art, Marie Spurlick, Oliver Mercer, and Michael Wellen, thank you for your patronage to Terminator 101. It means the world to me. I do not take it for granted, and you're all awesome, so thank you. Now, if you guys want to join that exclusive list, get extra content, benefits, early episodes, head over to patreon.com t101podcast. Michael. Michael, can you hear me?
1: Yes. You
0: hear me? Oh my gosh. Oh, this is wow. Hold on. I got to take a second here. This isn't like, this is really mind blowing for me. Thank you so much for, 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 for agreeing to do this. This is, I've been like really nerve, like, like nervous getting ready for this one. And I've talked to, uh, uh, some people that I'm very positive you're uh, familiar with. And uh, I've never been this nervous. So um, I apologize.
1: Well, yeah. Don't, don't be nervous. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not really that scary.
0: <laughs> this is crazy. Like, Oh my gosh. And I have, and also your wife, uh, I, I thank her for, for setting this up because um, I, I, I do believe that I sent a, a message to you, but I'm I'm not familiar with uh, whether or not you do a lot of social media or not.
1: I um, do exactly no social media. Um, I um, I, you know, I have a <clears throat> a difficult enough time with my phone. I uh use it uh to text because my children quit um um uh, picking up the telephone so I had to learn to text and uh I can email and um I love going on YouTube <clears throat> at night basically instead of watching television or 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 looking for movies I I go on YouTube and within i don't know five minutes i'm watching a documentary about something that um you know i didn't know mickey mantle or you know i mean just like it just i find it fascinating
0: oh man
1: youtube youtube i love it
0: yeah it's crazy it's i mean it's really nuts um so this is uh a podcast obviously dedicated to uh terminator and um uh, when I found out that uh, it was going to be happening today, you coming on, I quickly put together like a little thing that I could share on social media to let, you know, all my listeners know and, uh, you know, said if there's any questions that you guys would like to ask, um, you know, feel free to put them in the comment section. And uh, they did. And so that was kind of the holdup. I was just uh, writing them down to make sure that I had them readily available. But uh, before we get to those, um, you know, anytime I have somebody on, Peter Kent, um, uh, Danny Cooksey, he was on last night. Uh, I like to always start at the beginning and kind of, you know, really figure out how this industry became your calling. Because I don't think that that's, you know, anytime we see you at a convention or a Q and A, it's always just direct questions about the films, but it's never really like the journey leading up to it. So. Um, as much as you'd like to talk about, how did you get into the profession of acting?
1: Well, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska and, um, my parents used to, my, I came from a very, um, uh, my dad was, a, a a pitcher at Rutgers and, uh, Northwestern and he was actually drafted by the Cubs, but, um. Uh, Decided to be a lawyer instead because he had two kids and he was afraid he was going to blow his arm out. So uh, I was I was born in in Alabama because my dad was in the service in Anniston, Alabama, and then we moved back to Nebraska where my dad was from. And uh, I grew up in Lincoln. And uh, I used to do. They used to. I used to. You know. You know, kids didn't have all the all the toys and video games and all that kind of stuff back then so you know we would um we played a lot of sports even though I'm not very athletic you know to be a good athlete you have to be either fast which I'm not or really strong which I'm not like I don't think I've ever won an arm wrestling contest like even like with women you know they (laughs) you know (laughs) So I'm not I'm I'm not very strong or, or you need to be able to jump really high. And even though I'm six feet tall, I can um, I think at one time in my high school career, I managed to touch the rim with the tip of my finger so I can't jump either. So I'm not much of an athlete, but I played a lot of uh, sports when I was a kid and I used to play tennis and we used to go. Um, my parents would take us down to the YMCA for swimming, and um, I was on a wrestling team, and uh, just to kind of keep us busy and kind of keep us kind of off the streets, I guess. But uh, I basically grew up uh, in 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 Lincoln, and during the summertime, basically my mom would, you know, we'd have breakfast, and and, and she'd kick us out of the house until, I mean, once. We were like 12, 11, 12, 10, 11, 12, nine, 11, 12, whatever. And, um, and we would just like be gone, you know, until lunch. And then we'd come back for lunch and she'd kick us out of the house again and said, be be back by, by dark. So I knew Lincoln really well, uh, where Nebraska used to play football, which was always the biggest kind of, uh, event, um, of the week during uh, football season, you know, home games, and uh, I knew all. We used to go all through the sewers. Then I knew all the sewer uh, was in 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 Lincoln, and we'd pop up in in the middle of Lincoln. and And uh, I had a great great childhood. I come from um, a really nice family. My my dad's a lawyer. My mother's a nurse, and she's a nurse practitioner now. Um, and I had a really, you know, fun time growing up in, in, in Lincoln. And uh, then at one point, my dad was working for an insurance company and the insurance company went under. And so he needed a, a new job and he had a friend of his, um, named, uh, Wachtel I can't think of his first name. Wayne Wayne Wachtel? Not Wayne Wachtel. Anyway, um, and he was living in a place called Lake Havasu City, Arizona. And uh, so that was where a guy by the name of McCullough bought all the land around uh, a lake, brought over the London Bridge and um, kind of made a... uh, a, a a a canal and and put the bridge over the top of it and it was you know it was kind of a it was it was it was a great great place to grow up in it was the desert it was very very hot uh, about 3 months out of the year very very hot um it's probably the hottest spot in the nation we didn't have a weather um Station, but in Needles, which was very close to us, did, and they were always like between Needles and um, you know a couple of other places. They're always the hottest spot in the nation, and we we're always a couple. Couple of degrees hotter, hotter than needles, Death Valley. I think every once in a while would get in there, so it was very very hot. But it was a great place to grow up. There's only six thousand people that live there. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lake, beautiful, beautiful mountains around that. The stars were just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and you know, there used to be donkeys like and. There were no police, department. there wasn't big enough to have a police department. So if something happened, car accident happened, they had to come in from a a, a nearby town, Parker or um, uh, Parker anyway. Um, so <clears throat> we just, you know, we had our motorcycles and we just, you know, you know, tore it up, had a good time and uh, went to school and it was a really small school uh, because there was only so many people in town, and I had done some community theater back in uh, Lincoln, just just because my parents like to kind of keep us off the streets. And uh, one of the things that I realized very early is that's where all the pretty girls were. And uh, so when I when I got to uh, when I got to Lake Havasu. I even though I wasn't much of an athlete, I was able to make all the all the all the football football and basketball teams. That's what I played, and uh, I, I I then kind of got involved in the a drama program in 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 high school and did some community theater. And there was a guy that saw me in a play and he was the Dean of the drama department, at the University of Arizona. And he, he offered me a scholarship to go to University of Arizona. Um, as long as I, um, you know, took uh, classes in, you know, the arts and, and, and I didn't, you know, I got out of high school. I, I didn't really know what I was going to be doing with my life but you know a scholarship i mean at that time it was books and tuition which really wasn't that much money i mean these days i'm sure it's you know god knows what it is but uh, at that time it was kind of a the 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 um the expense of going to college was basically, you know, having a place to live and eating and, and going out at night, you know, and, and buying and, but, but anyway, so I took that scholarship and I went to college and I really wasn't prepared for college because I really wasn't even, I wasn't much of a student in high school. I was, uh, I think I, I would be now classified definitely ADHD. I was just like kind of, never really paid any attention in class and was always messing around. And, uh, I just, I kind of got by, uh, like with, a, like with a C average just by, you know, I, you know, just by having enough smarts to kind of get by. And, uh, but, but by the time I got to college, I, uh, my first semester of school had like an acting class, a history of the theater, Um, uh, a stage building class, and I think I had some sports class. So I had like 16 units or whatever, but they were all like easy, like classes. And then the second semester, I started getting into things like English and, you know, uh, biology. And, and I was just like way in over my head. So My parents, like I said, were my dad was a uh, lawyer and my mother's a nurse practitioner. My brother was in law school at the time and I was going to be the kid who had to go home and say, well, yeah, yeah, that's the bean boy who flunked out of college, which is basically kind of what, what I was doing. So I kind of did a preemptive strike. There because I didn't want to go home that way, and 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 I told my parents that I didn't like the program, and that they wouldn't let you know freshmen and sophomores on stage, which was true, but that you know, and uh, we had to do all the like the grunt work for the juniors and seniors, and which um, and but basically I I just was not uh, uh, I'm not you know uh, academically you know. I just wasn't doing very well. So I I, I I did this preemptive strike and I just told my parents, you know what? I, I don't like this. I, I just want to move to L.A. to be an actor. And I thought in my head at the time, I thought like, well, okay, I've got like, I've got like, uh, you know, you, you go to L.A. and like nobody really expects you to to succeed right away, you know, and, and 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 so I kinda gave myself in my mind I gave myself ten years. I was gonna go out to LA. So I went back to Havasu and I worked two jobs. <clears throat> I was working like eighty, ninety um uh hours a week and I by um I put together two thousand dollars and my I took my mom's got a new car, so I took my mom's a little red uh yellow Volkswagen out there and um and and got out there and didn't know anybody didn't know anybody at all and uh got a little apartment and um that was the beginning of me starting to go around um to different um commercial agents and uh modeling agents and um acting agents and acting classes. And, um, you know, the best thing really that I probably did was get involved in some acting classes and surround yourself with people that are doing and wanting to do the same thing that you, that you did or that that you want to do. And, um, you know, they have agents and sometimes, you know, you'll get introduced and so on and so forth. And uh I was a very, very <clears throat> pretty young boy and uh there was uh you know, it was just, there were a lot of gay men in the in the industry. There were like all it just seemed like everybody the agents, the casting directors, the managers, the uh, you know producers direct, it just seemed like there were a lot of, of photographers it just seemed like there were a lot of gay men and they paid attention to me and although I'm heterosexual and um um they just they like to be around me so I ended up um you know signing with a couple of agents and uh after being out there I was I worked at all sorts of different uh you know, minimum wage jobs for about a year and a half or two years, and finally got a, a modeling agent who actually actually was a woman, and um, um, I started working um, as a as a model, not a runway model, but kind of a, a print model, and uh, I was uh, I was getting paid 60 dollars $60 an hour for doing that, and I. In Lake Havasu, when I, I can remember being in Lake Havasu and working in the heat as a hod carrier for a bricklayer, and if you know anything about that, it's about as difficult of a job, uh, you know, there's that, there's roofing, and, uh, and I was being getting paid 90 cents an hour at that time when I was a kid, so $60 an hour was a pretty big deal for me, and I, I started picking up, uh, the May company was a probably a store that's not around anymore, but it was a big company in LA and they had me in there to do these like advertisements for different stores and stuff like that. And um, you know, I eventually got a commercial agent and, and, and I went out for some commercial jobs and uh, eventually got a couple of commercials. I didn't really do that well in the commercial field because I didn't really like commercials and I think even though I was like trying to smile and act, uh, you know, really kind of uh, really, you know, like I was enjoying, you know, that I was selling this enjoying this or whatever, there was something underneath that was going, you know, I really, really hate this. I, I don't like this. So I never really seemed to do very good at commercials, but then I got, yeah, I got into the Screen Actors Guild by doing one, and uh, then I was signed by a an agent and started doing bits and pieces and television. Uh, my first job was a pilot to a, a a show called Logan's Run, which was based on a movie, um, and um, I had a couple lines in it. I think my first line was runner headed toward quadrant four. It's, it's, you know, it's amazing now is that you can go on YouTube and you can find that. I mean, I started like about, I, I haven't, you know, I had, I was playing around with YouTube a lot, but I never really, like brought myself up and I'm not like that interested in like, like looking at myself. And, but I, about, about two months ago, I just kind of brought up my name and I just started like looking around and stuff. And they actually have that. They actually have that on YouTube. The very first lines I ever said in front of um, a camera that was uh, televised on television. And it was a pilot for a television series that, that didn't make it, but I did a lot of kind of bits and pieces in television And then I got this, 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 and, and stuff like Hill street blues. I had a three episode arc on Hill street blues. And then I got this big, big movie called the fan. And I was, I was the fan. I was the title character. And that movie starred Lauren Bacall and uh, James Garner, Hector Alessandro, Maureen Stapleton had a lot of great people in it. And, um, I was the star of it. And, um, although it wasn't very good, it was a big deal. And from that point uh, on, I was working pretty steadily. And uh, like I said, I got into town about 1975 and uh, the Terminator was 1983, we shot it in 83. And Jim had seen me in uh, the fan and Jim had seen me. Uh, I did a movie called Lords of Discipline. That's where I met Bill Paxton. Kind of became a lifelong friend. And uh, so, and I, they shot that over in England. And uh, I had screen tested for some big shows that that I didn't get. And uh, um, so that that was kind of the beginnings of of it. I, I never really. People ask me like, well, what was my big break? What what was my big break that I got and really the most important thing that ever happened to me was that I met Jim Cameron. And, uh, uh, so, you know, that, that was, uh, that changed the, uh, you know, that changed, that changed the way my career would have gone one way or another because i uh, eventually did you know three movies for him and starred in three of his first his first three movies even had a bit in uh, the director's cut of uh, t2 and um, so that that was kind of the beginnings and um, it was a kind of a Slow process it, to me back then when I was young. Um, every little thing, you know, getting my Screen Actors Guild card, which is a huge victory, you know, getting a commercial was a huge victory. Getting a getting, um, I think I did a some bathing suit stuff or, and you know, it would show up like in Playboy magazine and stuff like that. And uh, advertising for I forget the name of the swimsuit company, but uh. Um you know these were like like big victories for me, you know, getting a commercial big victories you know, getting these modeling jobs where I was getting paid sixty dollars an hour and and the the every everything seemed to me like it was like great, and you yeah, know I mean if you would have told me at the time um that i I would have you know th- that that I could make a deal with the devil. And that I could get paid $100,000 a year and do commercials. I would have taken it in a heartbeat. I would have thought that was the greatest thing in the world. But obviously, uh, life doesn't work that way. And, um, you know, um, I had done um, a really good show called Deadly Intentions uh, right around the time I did The Terminator. And um, I did The Terminator. Terminator was not uh, a, a, looking back at it, people think of it as this, you know, great movie. And um, it is, it is without a doubt. I mean, it was made for six, six and a half million dollars and it made $40 million. So it was very successful. But it, it didn't get, like, good reviews. Siskel and Ebert were, like, two thumbs down. Um, nobody nobody really thought Arnold Schwarzenegger would, you know, was really somebody that they, you know... And I wanted it to work. I was a young actor at that time. I wanted to work with De Niro and Pacino and Jack Nicholson. And, you know, here I am, you know, like, doing a movie with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And... Um, uh it wasn't really until I met Jim and and spent time with him uh when Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh option got picked up for uh I think it was called Red Sonja the second uh uh movie for Dino that he did that I got uh Terminator got pushed I gotta spend about three months with Jim and uh and Stan Winston who went on to win like eight Academy Awards for his special effects. And, um, that was the first time that I thought like, well, you know, maybe this won't be as embarrassing as it sounded because like when my agent called me originally about the Terminator and said, um, you know, uh, who, you know, I've got, I've got a movie I want to send you. And, um, I said, well, okay. Um, who, who's involved in, it? I mean, who, who's directing it. And, um, uh, they said that Jim Cameron and I'm like, Oh, uh, who's, who's Jim Cameron. Uh, well, he's kind of a, he hasn't really done anything yet. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, he uh, he you know gotten this money together to make this movie and um uh so so then i said well, well who's producing it and they, they they said gail Hurd. and i i thought like well, who's gail Hurd? and um she they were like well she hasn't really done anything either you know by this time you know i'd done the fan i'd done a lot of television i didn't done- <laughs> television movies you know i'd worked quite a bit and um so i was like oh okay well is there, is there anybody attached to the movie you know i mean is there any other actors that are in the movie and they and they said like arnold schwarzenegger i was like oh okay well because <laughs> arnold at the time was was mr universe and he was in my mind always had the greatest body and now you see all these guys and they're all on steroids anyway but even on steroids i always thought that he had the uh the best body basically jim and gail had been working with roger corman and when they told me that you know that they'd been working with roger corman roger corman was known as uh a company that made really, really, really low budget, uh, kind of grindhouse type of movies. And so, you know, when I heard that, you know, they had worked for, for, you know, Robert for, for Corman, it was like Roger Corman. It was like, that's not like a really good, you know, you know, I, a lot of directors actually came out, did, 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 did movies with Roger. I think that, uh, Ron Howard did eat my dust. I think that uh Martin Scorsese did boxcar Bertha, and I think if you if you go back and look you'll see a lot of d- directors kind of got some of their early starts there, but you know it I said, okay, well, you know, send me the script and I read the script, and i you know it was basically about a you know man from the future that was coming back in time to protect a woman from a unstoppable Terminator like uh machine and you know it all seemed pretty silly to me um I I looked at it and I I looked at the character and I I kind of thought well you know what I like this Reese guy um except for I had all the exposition in the movie exposition is something the actors don't really like that much um but it's basically you kind of having to tell the story you're not acting you know and i had like nobody else knew anything so i had to tell the audience through um talking to linda and talking to the psychiatrist or whatever you know who the terminator was who i was who she was And one of the brilliant things that Jim did with the Terminator and all that exposition was he, you know, he put it in, in, into car chases. So while while all that information was, was coming out, we weren't just sitting in a hotel room and me talking, it was all done, you know, uh, in, in car chases and hiding from the Terminator and very tense situations. And, um, you know, once you get around a guy like Jim you start to realize that he's special and um when I went down to to the uh, to Stan Studios I could see that he was a very very committed um guy also and I saw the drawings and I saw how they were going to you know make the terminator and you you begin to see the passion you know in these two guys And I started thinking, well, you know, maybe this won't, won't be so, so bad, you know? So I really threw my heart into it, heart and soul into it. And uh, it was an 11 week shoot. We shot it in downtown LA and um, uh, it came out um, and it was, it was made for $6.5 million and uh it it made 40 so it was a pretty successful movie for their investors but uh but um the same the the same that year it was not even in the top 20 box office movies and like i said you know bad reviews and um nobody really appreciated the movie back then nobody knew what they were seeing nobody you know everybody my agent knew my agent you know put together a screening for a lot of the the big wigs in, in in Hollywood to see the uh some studio people and other you know uh, uh agents in his in his um at, over at uh, William Morris and, and stuff but uh nobody really knew that you know, the movie was as good as it was. They just didn't. And um, so that movie, basically, um, people mostly saw that movie on uh, VHS, I think. Um, And that movie became much more popular on VHS. And then Jim, of course, went on to do Aliens, where he had $20 million to make a movie. And made a movie that ended up, I think, being nominated for seven or eight Academy Awards. And um, 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 Sigourney Weaver got nominated uh, as an actress, and there had never been an actress that had ever been nominated in that kind of a genre movie before. So that was a big deal. And then, you know, I think people kind of then went back and they realized you know what the terminator was and you know i i have people you know talk to me uh you know for 35 years they've been saying you know i watched that i've I've seen that movie 200 times you know guys over in afghanistan and over in iraq and stuff you know talk about that and other movies aliens also tombstone and some other movies that i've done too but um it's uh it's a movie that um there's a couple shots in it where the, the special effects are a little a little a little um thirty five years old. Um but um you know, I think it's I personally think it's a, a better movie. Um well, you know, let's just say I think it's got more heart than than T Two. T two of course is the one where like everybody realized and that, that's what everybody saw in the theaters and that made a lot of money and whenever you hear jim talk about uh the terminator he, he talks a lot a lot a lot about t2 and that's he had a lot more money to make t2 and if you went to, like, when you go to universal they have like a terminator thing that you can watch and it doesn't you know it all starts with t2 and it's like terminators kind of like the forgotten beginning of 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 the franchise but to me and of course i'm i'm obviously um biased but i think it's got more heart and um um you know i just think it's a scrappy little movie that, that 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 you know i like it better than t2 but I'm a little biased, you know, I like aliens better than alien, but you know, I'm a little biased. So that's, uh, that's your, that's kind of brings me up to like doing the Terminator. And I mean, I could talk to you for hours about things that I was doing before that, but, um, um, I'm, I'm sure your show is, is only an hour too long. So I'll let you ask me the next question
0: no oh my gosh thank you so much that, like anytime i ask how did you get into acting usually the answer i get is maybe five minutes long maybe not even <laughs> um <laughs> that was really in depth i really appreciate that because you actually covered some things that uh i wanted to ask you about so um and i will say the terminator is my personal favorite as well and it's not just because you're on the phone here with me it's I've actually had this discussion with, you know, some people that uh share the same interest as me and I've come to the realization that one reason why I think the Terminator is superior to T2 is the first film is a better representation of the overall themes of what Terminator represents, I think. It's if you really think about all of that, it it is horrific. It's it's horror and the way that the first film is presented and done and filmed acted everything about it is really a horror film i mean it has the science fiction elements yeah but that's what i love about the terminator and then t2 i don't like to say it but it has a little more family friendly feel to it like t2 was the first terminator film i ever saw and i think it was because you know my parents thought oh well it's you know it's it's one of those action movies that you know might be okay for a kid to watch yeah so that's you know that's my like anytime someone says t2's better i go maybe but the terminator is really a better representation of what i think james cameron was going for and um yeah it's just such a special movie to me and uh i mean you're so fantastic in it you know the scenes that you share with linda and um earl bowen are just incredible i mean like you are really so exposition heavy but the way you said it and the way a lot of people interpret it is is the way it was written was so brilliant so that you know it's the car chase or even when you're in the interrogation room it's just at at that moment the camera is still for the most part but you are so just you know, you have to get this message across and no one else is hearing you. And so I love that. And I think you've talked about this. Wasn't it your decision to, um, you know, tell Jim that I don't think I should be talking to Earl Bowen. I should be talking to the camera.
1: Well, not when you're working with Jim Cameron, Cameron nothing is your decision. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes that sometimes you, you know, you, uh, you know, you'll say, uh, and I, am I'm, I'm, I'm the type of actor that has a lot of ideas. And so I'll go to directors and say, well, what about this? And what about that? What about this? What about that? And I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at, 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 at that. And, um, I, I that scene was, uh, originally, um, and the, the script is out there i haven't looked at it but this is this is my memory of it was that you know that that reese would be smart enough to know that he was being filmed and as soon as he walked into the room he would see that thing up in the corner and he would kind of know that you know and if you notice earl bowen when he sits down he kind of sits down and then he kind of moves over a little bit so the camera can see me and yes, I believe, you know, if my memory is right. And I think Jim would probably, uh, if he had time, <laughs> doesn't have, he doesn't have much time these days, but, uh, uh, if he had time to talk about it, would tell you that it was that it was my idea to, to, to basically quit talking to him, um and start talking to the uh the camera that was in the in the wall or up in the corner and 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 take that final like that terminator thing right up right up there and it works you know it works really well as compared to me sitting there yelling at the guy the whole time and and Jim Cameron is the type of person that's got such confidence in his abilities that um that when he hears an idea that might be as good as or, or 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 any idea that will make his film better and that he knows hey this this could make my film better he will he'll go for it there are a lot of directors that like you know that don't want to um you know you know kind of let the crew know that like you know that I have a better idea than they did, or, you know, there's a lot of insecure, not, I wouldn't call them insecure people, but they're insecure when it comes to being on a, on a set and an actor comes up and wants to change something and, and, you know, and good, good directors, you know, good people that, 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 that have a lot of confidence in themselves. Like, but like Billy Friedkin is another one that I worked with a lot and, uh, uh, yeah, Michael Bay put me together with a writer to uh, uh, when we did uh, The Rock and to kind of rewrite that character. Those guys who have got a lot of confidence. They're 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 the ones that you're more likely to get changes made. And I believe, yes, that 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 that, that was my decision. And I think when you see the movie, it's much more effective. And I think that Jim realized that it would be and immediately went like, you know, and I think Jim's been quoted as saying before that, you know, that Michael has, you know, a a lot of, you know, good ideas as far as filmmaking goes. And when he makes this suggestion, it doesn't have to do with making his character better. It has to do with making the movie better. And that's something I've always taken pride in.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that scene is, it just sticks out in my memory. Like, like anytime I watch the film with someone who's never seen it before, it's one of those scenes where I just, I stop looking at the film and I look at them and I'm, and I'm looking at how they're going to react to what you're doing on the screen. And usually 10 times, like, like nine times out of 10, it's just they're silent. And it's just that scene really if you're not hooked up until the point where that scene happens in the film, if you're kind of just like, yeah, and and I don't know how anyone could, but if you are, I think it's that moment, honestly, that really hooks people. And they're like, man, this, this is a film to watch all the way through just because the guy is so in the moment. It's just, and that's something I wanted to ask you about, like to do something like that, do you have to, you know, before the, like the cameras start rolling, do you have to go over in a corner and like jump up and down, punch a wall or like, 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 what do you have to do to prepare for something like a scene like that?
1: Well, you know, I have a very simple approach to acting. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, um, we used to go out in the backyard and, uh, the big, the big show that we used to like back at that time was the wild wild West. And, uh, um, um, and, and, you know, me and my brothers, I would play, he played Artemis Gordon. He always had to play Artemis Gordon because he was the younger brother and I got to play Jim, whatever his name was. And, you know, we used to always play war. I mean, as kids, I mean, these days, You know, you see two two two-year-olds and three-year-olds with their iPads, which is which is all well and good. I mean, there's obviously nothing. Um, It's very interesting, actually, because I have a young young son and God, his vocabulary is just unbelievable. I don't know how much of it is him just being smart or him watching stuff on on kids YouTube. Kids, YouTube. This is the thing about the industry now. The content that is out there. I you know, I predict that Tom Cruise and and Tom Hanks will be the last movie stars. You know, there'll never be any movie stars anymore because, you know, there's so much content out there, and everybody is creating it from. I mean, um Netflix to YouTube to HBO to well even when I was when I was a kid there was NBC, CBS and ABC. There were like nine studios and they all put out a, you know, three or four pictures or whatever. And that was it. That's all you had to to, to look at. Now there's like, you know, 9,000 channels, you know, there's like, if you want to watch a cooking show, there's 10 different cooking shows that you want to watch. If you want to watch sports, you can watch, you know, NFL stuff all day long. You can watch NBA stuff all day long. There's the golf channel. There's um, tennis you can watch all day long. If you want to watch news, I mean, you know, you've got MSNBC, you've got Fox, you've got ABC news, you've got, um, CNN, you've got, you know, and as far as like, uh, actors go, I mean, you'll get something on right now. It's game of Thrones and game of Thrones is, you know, kind of the big deal. And, um, And, you know, there will be things that, you know, come out that are that that stay a while. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's on television. I'll hear it's in its third season and I'll be like, well, I never even heard of it before when it's in its third (laughs) season, you know, and it'll be on like Hulu or it'll be, you know, um, I think Netflix is making like 200 series or 200 different uh, uh, kinds of content, whether they're movies or, or or television movies. And, you know, you have big movie stars working now for Netflix. Plus you have like, like if you want to watch comedians, you got, you know, you got, you got Bill Burr and you've got Louis C.K. And you've got uh, Jim Jeffries and there's so much content out there now that it's a different, animal than when I used to turn on the TV. When I was a kid, the only thing I could watch was Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, other than that, I wasn't interested in the soap operas and I wasn't interested in the news when I was 10. And, um, I used to stay up late every once in a while and down in the basement, turn on the TV and watch the Dean Martin show without my parents knowing about it. And but, you know, there just wasn't that much content now. Now there are, you know, there are film festivals that are basically films that are made on telephones with your tel with your iphones you know and the film festival the, the whole film festival is about you have to you have to have shot the movie on your telephone and so anybody can anybody can make content you go to you go to youtube for kids there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different content and you can see everything from you know the earliest um You know, Mickey Mouse stuff, the earliest Disney stuff, all the way through all the cartoons that I grew up with and Mighty Mouse and and and, you know, everything's on YouTube. Everything is on YouTube. You can't you know, like I said, I was shocked when I I saw that those first two lines I had in um, um, Logan's run it's on youtube everything's on youtube everything and um so it's it's a different animal now it's a different um i just don't think that you're going to see this is Jennifer calling are you still there
0: yeah i'm still here
1: i'm just going to i'm just going to i'm just going to let this go okay um so it's just a different animal and i I don't know where it's going to go. I think CGI is basically going to uh, become more and more prominent. I think you're going to see a lot of the background being CGI. I mean, that's all you have to do is watch. Um, uh, uh, oh, What's the, uh, uh, the uh, video game that everybody loves so much that they're shooting people? Um, the... I, I don't want to say the art of war, but that was a movie that I did. It's um, anyway. The, anyway, CGI is 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 mm-hmm. coming at us at a at a very fast pace, and I think CGI will will eventually kind of take over for actors, you know. And I, you know, I've been told by people that are kind of in the know that you're basically going to be able to in the near future, be able to take your face and that's yours, but you can take that face and you can give it to a company to go make a movie with it and they can take your face and then they can go make the movie with it. And, you know, it's, it's getting to the point where, I, you know, I I, I can see a, a time where actors become less and less relevant, and the people that are on the computers become more and more relevant. And people say, "Well, you know, kind of computers never really gonna, you know, have the same heart as you did when you did the Terminator." And I'm like, "You know, you know, you you're probably wrong about that, you know, because there are artists, and um, you know, technology is something that." that I look at now. And I talked the other night at a a screening for the Terminator, it must be an anniversary or something because, um, and and I, you know, I I was talking about artificial intelligence, you know, and um, nobody really seems to be talking about artificial intelligence uh, intelligence. And, you know, you have, yeah, Stephen Stephen Hawking's you know before he died you know he's probably the greatest mind of you know, of our generation of my generation in the, anyway and he said you know this 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 these computers these 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 this thing that you have in your hand that you're carrying around that's got every single bit of information you could possibly want is the beginning of the end unless you start putting up some, some guide, some, 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 some guidelines, some, some you start legislating, you know, um, some, you know, you know, uh, legislating the, the, the people that, that are making AI. And I, I know Chi- the Chinese are, I think a, a little bit ahead of us, a a little bit ahead of us a bit. and there, uh, another guy that talks about it a lot is Elon Musk and Elon Musk, you know, I mean, this is good. You know, a guy, guy like Elon Musk talks, I listen to him, you know, and he said, you know, he's been saying for 10 years, you know, if this gets out in front of us, there's no turning back. There's no like, you know if it gets out in front of us we're you know it's not going to be like the terminator it's not going to happen like that but we just you know it, it and it's not like a 100 years from now it's not 50 years from now you know my elon musk talks about you know 15 years from now 20 years from now we'll see you know kind of the beginning of the end coming our way in a hurry and you know, you know, you can you can take it for what it's worth, but um, you never hear any, you know, we've got like 20 candidates that are running for the Democratic nomination. Nobody ever mentions it. Nobody ever talks about it. And um, I truly believe that, um, that it is, you know, if you look, if you look now, if you walk around, you go to the airport, you know, like, Everybody's on their phone. Every single person is on their phone, you know, and and nobody's talking to each other. And people in their cars are 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 you know they're 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 all they're all punched in to where they know where to turn right and turn left and whatever. And this is just the beginning. And the computers can, they can they can learn so fast that it is just just absolutely incredible and so you know when you think about the terminator and of course that's a a very rough version of it i totally believe that that is going to happen to the human race and that we are just going to be Part of, you know, you know, there were the dinosaurs and then there was, you know, then there was a man and then there was, um, you know, there was, you know, when we started getting um, the industrial age and then the computer age and then the AI age and, you know, AI, I think is something that people are not paying attention to and, uh, people like Elon Musk, they've spoken in front of Congress. They have spoken in front of, uh, uh, Senate. They've spoken in front of, uh, all the governors and like, nobody really pays attention to it because everybody just wants to make money. And, uh, you know, the better EI you make, the more money you make and, um, I just think it's, it's a catastrophe waiting to happen. And, but, you know, you know, I probably won't be around for too much of it, but if I live to be as, as old as my mother, um, I think I'll everybody will start seeing, wow, we should have, um, you know, we should have paid more attention to what's going on. So that, that's something I don't. I don't think people ever talk about. They don't really realize that that Terminator um, scenario is it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. I mean, you, you can say, "Oh, it's hundred years away, or it's 50, but it's definitely going to happen. Hi, buddy.
0: We'll see. Maybe all it takes is instead of uh, Elon Musk going to Congress, maybe it, maybe it takes Michael Bean going to Congress and reenacting your scene to uh, Dr. Silberman, but do it in front of all of Congress.
1: (laughs) There you you go. That might do it. I don't think so. They've got, they've got other things to worry about right now.
0: (laughs) Oh man. No, I do agree with you though. It is, uh, it's definitely scary. And you know, James Cameron is, um, you know very very outspoken when it comes to stuff like that and uh clearly he's back on board for another terminator film so i you know i feel like he's been kind of re-impassioned with the whole idea of it of like i need to you know if nothing else i need to make another story so that people get the get you know get the idea of where we're going here and he did a wonderful q a when he announced the new film um where he talked about that and uh it's it's definitely scary stuff but um i mean you know it's it's almost like it's almost like it's inevitable really you know at the end of the day it's just that's the way it's designed it's the way the human mind is and you can do all the shouting you want but you know humans are just so wired and they have their they have their toys and that's what they love so i mean it is what it is but um you know, you've been a part of those kinds of films. So, you know, you've you've you know, that's why I said maybe it takes Michael Bean, you know, because people,
1: <laughs> no, people put you know two what? and two together. You know what? Nope. Nobody is going to listen. You know, if, if you're not going to listen to Stephen Hawking's. <laughs> and you're not gonna listen to Elon Musk. Um, you know, Michael Bean's gonna sound like a crazy man running around saying, you know, the computers are taking over, the computers are taking over. They are just gonna look and go, like well, God, a guy's still still playing Reese. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what did uh what did uh what did Earl Bowen say? He said uh in in, in layman's terms, he's a loon. Yeah, uh.
1: exactly. We'll see We'll see how much of a loon he was
0: <laughs> oh man um so yeah i mean you know i could ask you about you know what was it like doing this what was it like doing that i feel like like you said it's all on youtube like you've done so many q a's you've done you've done so many interviews and it's all out there and you know when i was getting ready for this i was like uh, what like what else is there to ask, you know, uh, funny enough, I reached out to William Wisher. Um, and, uh, w- initially when I pitched the idea of coming on, he got back in touch with me and he was like, I don't want to do it. And I'm, and, and, and I don't want you to think I'm like, um, like a mean old man. It's just, I'm terminated out. And I understood what he was saying, but it was so disheartening because it's like, you know, this is like what I live for. You know, Terminator is literally my passion. And, um, you know, so when I was trying to think of what to ask you and talk about, it was just awesome to know that you were on board for coming on. And something I don't think that is asked a lot is the thing you mentioned about at Universal, which, believe it or not, is no longer there. Yeah. Um, right. I,
1: I, yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. The T2 3D attraction. Yeah. And I'm actually wearing the hat right now uh, because I'm in Florida and that was the original uh, location at universal studios, but were you ever approached to maybe have anything to do with
1: that? No, no, no,
0: no. And I, like, I, like I understand, you know, why, um, what happened with T2 happened. And, um, I love that, you know, dream sequence that you're involved in, in T2. I think it's, I think it's wonderful. And I think it, while it might not move the story forward, because I think that's one of the reasons why it was cut. It was just essentially, you know, we've, we've been here, we've seen this, we've done that kind of mentality. It was really well, you know, well filmed, well acted. And so I think that they could have, you know, kind of expanded upon that a little bit for the attraction. I don't know how they would have, but I think they missed a missed an opportunity with that. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. I, I think that Jim probably had a lot to do with uh, what universal did with it. I don't think that, um, you know, I wouldn't go into anything like that without going to Jim Cameron and saying, hey, hey, how do you see this? And um, so, you know, I mean, it kind of is what it is. And uh, you know, I, in my heart, You know, I feel that like, you know, that the original Terminator with the love story and is 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 the seed that was planted, that sprouted this tree, this tree of all these other Terminators, you know, and it was it's it's the seed. It's the beginnings of it. And, And I was the person that basically brought that you know information to you know consciousness (laughs) you know in the world you know because it's not just it's not just a big hit here it's a big hit in China it's a big hit in Rio de Janeiro it's a big hit in Paris uh, France and England you know I mean it's like I get people that like you know, people that pick me up from car, pick drivers a lot. And I'll ask them where they're from. A lot of them are for them and and they'll be from, you know, Afghanistan or they'll be from, and they'll, they'll know the Terminator, you know, (laughs) they, they, everybody knows the Terminator. And uh, so, you know, in one respect, it's, it's, it's kind of fun to, 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 to have been involved in that and, and, and really thrown my, my heart and soul into it. Like I have really every, every, well, I wouldn't say every, every show I've ever done. Sometimes you work on something and, you know, you got to get your kids through college and you (laughs) kind of, you kind of know ahead of time, it's probably not going to be, um, you know, an, uh, an Academy award winning movie or an Emmy award winning television show or something. But, uh, you know i do my best to you know try to be as honest as i can on film and um you know it it really doesn't it 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 doesn't consume any part of my life the only time that i ever even think about it really is when i'm asked to do an interview and, um, you know, I've got, a, have got five boys and I've got a little one here at home that's just turned four and I've got a group of people around me that, that, that I want to take care of the best that I can. And, and that's really kind of what I'm, uh, focused on more than anything else and focused on kind of, um, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got a script that, 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 that my, my son wrote that I, that I think has got a lot of potential. And, um, um, and so I'm, I'm kind of working on that with him and I'd like to see him get that made. Um, But I, you know, I try to spend as much time now really with my family and like people say, are you still acting? And I'm like, well, I mean, not really because, I mean, there's really no reason for me to go do, you know, like eight episodes of The Walking Dead or something like that, because first of all, they're they're not really paying actors, you know, quite what they used to pay them. They get actors for almost nothing these days, unless you're like the stars, real stars of the shows and stuff. And, and, you know, I don't want to be away from my, my young son is, you know, four. I don't want to be away from him for a month. You know, I'd rather be with him for a month. And I'm, financially like i'm not a wealthy person but i can get by i've got a my my screen actors go pension plan and my own pension plan and residuals in the comic cons and so on and so forth yeah it made me i have a comfortable life and um you know so unless jim carman comes along again or they decide to do the what we didn't get to see him yesterday. Be okay. All right, Jen. All right. All right. Are oh, you leaving? We're
0: going to leave again to go see my mom, so I
1: wanted to make sure you got off and saw him. Okay. okay. It's my, my wife telling me that we're going to have to wrap this up.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. I totally understand. Ah, happy wife, happy life. Absolutely. No, um... <laughs> um <laughs> Look, Michael, thank you. I really do appreciate, um, um, I might, uh, send her just a couple of the questions and then just see if you can just respond to them and then maybe she could type them just so, uh, the listeners, they, you know, get their uh, questions asked, uh, go but ahead, I
1: go ahead, go ahead and ask me a couple of them. I'll try to ask, answer them fast.
0: Oh, okay. Um, um this uh first one is on facebook from devin proser do your kids find it hard watching the first film knowing that you die at the end no no no
1: (laughs) no Um, i mean i'm sitting there right there with them so like they you know they no (laughs) no uh no
0: all right um let's see here this is like uh, this is kind of a loaded question but we'll try anyway facebook uh, meredith McLean. what direction do you want the franchise to go uh
1: the the franchise has gone in the direction i wanted it to go and that was right back in jim cameron's company like strong.
0: yes i love it me too <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um she also asked any interest in returning and you said if 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 cameron approached you
1: If Cameron approached me about anything, I'd be interested.
0: Okay. Um, Was it, oh, this is from Mark O'Connor, also on Facebook, who has met you twice. He uh, wanted me to let you know, and he loved both encounters. Um, Did James Cameron consider you to play the role of the T-1000, and that was turned down? (laughs)
1: You know, there's a lot of urban kind of legend, urban legends that go along. I mean, I've heard that, but I, I, Jim has never told me that personally. So, um, I don't, I I really don't know the answer to that.
0: Okay. Um, and then just one more, let me get a really good one here. Um, Um, lots of love for Kyle. That's what I just keep getting lots and lots of love for Kyle. Um, this is a good one uh this has nothing to do with terminator um the alien 3 audio drama does that ring a bell sure um my my good pal gershom him and i host a a live stream show and uh, he wanted to ask um, about that and then he said is hicks returning to the silver screen anytime soon
1: yeah well what happened was after they made um Jim's movie, um, Jim moved on, and they went to do Aliens 3, and they said Sigourney didn't want to do it. I have a feeling she was probably um, negotiating and holding out and uh, for a certain price to do it, and uh, in the meantime, um, they wrote a different script that didn't have her in it at all. I mean, it probably is kind of leverage, and saying, well, we have this other script we're going to go with and um it was written by somebody gibson i think his name was and i went in and i think lance went in and we we read our roles i read i read hicks and uh but you know that is you know that hicks that i did i read it the way that 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 it was written but there's no way i would have ever played hicks like that i mean there's a lot of swearing and there's a lot of like talking and you know him being and i i would have you know if that if that would have been the script i would have immediately gone to the director and say hey wait a second this is this is not the hicks the way the, the way that i i know hicks and if you want me to play him we're gonna have to you know kind of work on this but what i did for the audio version is i i i you know, I I played it exactly how it was written so people would know what they, you know, what they wanted or what they were showing Sigourney to say, well, you know, we're going to shoot this. We're going to shoot this. And then I think they finally made a deal with Sigourney and she went on to do three, which was a disaster, but um, not because of Fincher. Uh, the, the three people I think that, that dislike... Uh, Aliens the most, um, A- A- Alien 3 the most. Uh, yeah, he uh, David Fincher has been quoted as saying, uh, Nobody dislikes um, Aliens 3 more than me. And, uh, you know, I don't think Jim Cameron was too happy about it because, you know, he spent the last third of his movie saving Newt. So, you know, to have her, you know, dead on arrival in the next, you know, forget about Hicks. I mean, it's like, new we spent the entire movie saving her and like now she's dead before we even get started on the next movie so i don't think jim was ever too happy about it and um um and of course i wasn't very happy but you know um i had other things going on it wasn't that big of a deal
0: All righty. Well, there you go. And uh, just so you know, Gershom, his middle name is Reese and uh, he never had a middle name. And when he was able to choose his middle name, he ended up choosing it because of uh, Kyle Reese. So um, it's, you know, Michael, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Everybody that listens to this is going to have a a real treat to listen to. So thank you and uh, your work means so much to so many people
1: well when you're when, when your uh site blows up you know um get a hold of me again in another five or ten years and we'll have another talk all right five or ten years you got it. all right buddy take care and <laughs> uh, bye michael uh, unless the yes. uh unless the uh the computers have taken over <laughs> <laughs>
0: get to congress go go all right
1: i'll talk to you later thank you
0: all right mike Bye-bye. bye Well, that's it. That's a wrap on Terminator 101. 50 episodes later, and I could not be more thrilled. Thank you Jennifer and Michael for making that such a special 50th episode, it's so near and dear to my heart, and thank you everybody for tuning in each and every episode. I hope you'll continue to listen because I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. The podcast is evolving to Eddie Green's 101. Of course, when I reference it, it's just going to be 101, but the official name of the podcast is eddie greens 101 and i hope you'll continue to tune in because it's a film podcast so anything and everything goes and of course feel free to tell me what you would like to hear on the podcast you can call in to the podcast by going to anchor.fm t101podcast or you can find me on social media at t101podcast facebook instagram and twitter and of course, letterboxed. I'm also on letterboxed. So, having said all of that, for the last time, keep on terminating.